Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Who I worked with before, who used to say, "Don't come to me with a problem. Come to me with a solution." And so, 
when I was a child, I read the books about Pollyanna and it was like, let's put a po-. So like that is kind of my mentality, mm. try and solve and start something. But actually, now that you are looking at me across the desk with those eyes that I can't meet. <laughs> and I'm going, was there fear? Yeah, there was. And it's a very strange sensation to have counselling on Zoom. The reason I asked was because I remember the first time and when you came through the treatment and you were mm. well again, you and Connor were sitting. He yes. was sitting just next to where you're sitting right now. And I asked you about that. And you're, you had your hands held and you just because your fear was... Who's going to take care of him? Not you. I know. <laughs> and that's it too. And I remember in the counselling session, I had a, such a, a wonderful counsellor. Like, that's why I couldn't say enough if people are listening today about Cork Arc Cancer mm-hmm. Support House. One of like, our partners. It is just the most incredible place. Like, I'm a confident person. I feel like, I'm like, just described there a second ago, I'm a solutions-based person. Give me a problem. I'll try and figure a workaround and how to solve it. And in the middle of lockdown, when we couldn't go and sit in a gentle, quiet room with tissues and soft furnishings and a safe cocoon of a space, I still managed to create that service for people like me who were at home, bouncing off the walls, um, trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? What do we do now? And that my counsellor could still make that genuine heart-to-heart connection with me and gently carry me through that Mm. fear. I remember, um, and this isn't kind of a betrayal of any confidence in the counselling session because, of course, it was my counselling session, but I remember one of the exercises that she was doing with me one day was, um, I suppose, tapping into the fact that I'm a solutions-based person can sometimes mean you suppress expression of some of your emotions and that would be kind of quite common if you're trying to deny the Mm. gravity of what is going on and uh, she was getting me to imagine myself on a swing and the exercise was coming I suppose from a perspective of letting you know the wind through my hair and all the visualization that would go along with that and I started bawling crying because as I visualized myself swinging I was going up in the air And to me, I was going up. I was dying. It was my spirit leaving my body. And all of a sudden I was in floods of tears because then I thought I had cancer. I did radiotherapy. I did, sorry, chemotherapy. I ticked that box. I did it. I survived, you know, and and all of a sudden it was back and I had no control over that again. And um, I did find, I did find that something else. But, you know, in conjunction with that though I would have to say that the medical staff in the hospital um, were just were just incredible like mm. last year for that recurrence I had radiotherapy mm. and it was daily radiotherapy I went into the hospital every day um, because it was pelvic radiotherapy mm. every day that I went in I was always in there mostly with men actually because I was a whole series of men and if any of the men that are out there who went through prostate cancer last year around the same time that I was going through my recurrence of ovarian cancer hello to you all and I hope you're all doing brilliantly what a bunch of lads that I would have met at the morning sessions or the afternoon sessions mm. and we were all there because we were it was the table would have been focused on your pelvic yeah. area and uh, we all had to drink water you have to drink water to keep your system full so that the radiotherapy is aimed just at the cancer area Mm. and you're not frying everything and 
every day then I go in and lie on top of the table and uh, it's such a hugely mathematically demanding process mm. working it's in the radiotherapy department. And from the second you get up on the table to the second you're off, it's maths. Every single one of those therapists is counting numbers, measuring, calculating nonstop. And over and back and forth across my body, they would have been counting numbers and checking screens. And they all still took the time to say, so, how are the tomatoes? How is the such, you know, to make a connection of conversation yeah, yeah. with the person on the table, not just yeah. being a number. Um, and so I just feel that what Radiothon does in terms of raising money in Cork to go towards buying equipment um, supporting those services. If you look at the building that there is in Cork Arc and the therapies that they have there for mm. patients like me, like you just can't put a price on it. I mean, well, like, you know, you casually go to the garage and put the ridiculously exorbitant diesel and petrol in your car or whatever now, and you go up and there's chewing gum on the counter or the kids are in the back seat and God, let's get ice cream or whatever, you know, and for that price, which you just kind of casually spend because someone's screaming in the back seat, you can actually support the purchase of a machine in Cork yeah. that actually saves, saves someone's life. Yeah. It's it's phenomenal it to is. think that the tiniest of gestures have that kind of major nice. impact. I don't know where I'm going with this, Peter, because okay. I can talk I, for hours. I'm going to take a little <laughs> break. Do you know what break. I think is so Go remarkable, on. Elmarie, is the fact that just sitting here listening to your story and all the people that have spoken to us for Radiothon is the way that you have such a positive outlook on it like you know even and to be able to sit there and talk about your fears and your inner feelings and it's just it's absolutely remarkable and incredible and I'm so delighted that you're able to sit here in studio today Mm -hmm. and that you're here with us to tell us this story. That's fantastic but I I would say that every single cancer patient I would have met in hospital Mm. whether it was chemotherapy or radiotherapy or in the surgery department, like post-surgery, myself and Jessney Vailone were in the same ward ah. in beds across from each other. Can you imagine that? <laughs> you know, um, and can you imagine the chat in the, in the rooms, you know? And well, like, put it this way, Jess is one of my best friends. I know that. And, and, and has a sense of humour, like a sailor. So See? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and her mum, and her mum. Like, ah, Shaz is nuts. <laughs> but do you, know what, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's the it's people, it's connections, and like, yeah. that's, that's yeah. what it's all about at the end of the day. We can take the tablets take the injection, sit down on the tables and take the treatment. It's it's people. Yeah. Is their general manager and she joins me for a chat and Elmery, you're listening there as well. Uh, good morning Katrina. Good morning. Good to be able to speak with you on the Radiothon and indeed Likewise. on the opinion line and uh, Elmery will chat to you in a minute but the number of people talking to us about what you do at Cork Arc is phenomenal. What do you do, Katrina? Define your role, define your work. So what we do is offer support both to cancer patients but also their loved ones and support them on their cancer journey. So it's very much psychological support. So the other side of it is looked after in the hospital, the physical side. But what we look after here in Cork Arc is the psychological side and the emotional impact of cancer. Because we forget how big that is, don't we? Absolutely. And research would show that by looking after the psychological side and supporting the patient, that it actually they have better outcomes and, you know, that they do better on treatment and when the psychological side is looked after. Now, with the money that you'll be receiving from the Cork's 96M Giving for Living Radio on 2022, what are you planning for the next 12 months? What are people helping you to do today? 
So a lot of what we'd be pushing the funds towards would be like that. A lot of the support would be counselling and our, we'd have experience on college nurses as well as providing support on the phone and in person. People can call to the house as well. But the funds will also be going towards our exercise programmes such as Pilates for women after breast cancer. And we also have Pilates for men after prostate cancer and our Get Active programme for men. And um, again, research would show that by exercising that it just helps the person regain their health and wellness after treatment and it can also help reduce the instance of reoccurrence as well of some cancers and we'd also see a big impact for the people's mental health um, when they start exercising again mm. we'll say maybe after a, a surgery or else after treatment and someone here who is dealing with you on an ongoing basis that's our own Elmarie Hi, good morning Katrina, how are you? Good morning, how are you? Listen, I just think um, what the work that Cork Arc do is phenomenal obviously we can say that in kind of a, an abstract way but I suppose I'm speaking from the point of view of somebody who never imagined in a million years mm. while I was fundraising for you that I would actually ever need your services myself and I think that's kind of one of the things that comes through a lot of the recorded stories as well the shock that there is in a family whether it's somebody very young in their 20s, 30s or God forbid childhood cancer and I would just say that like how you cared for me, how the counselling services helped me. I was describing about how I'm kind of an active uh, positive person but really the counselling helped support what I discovered was actually a swan on the surface paddling furiously underneath mm-hmm. and Cork Ark you know just helped me helped my husband um, I called in recently not for any particular service for myself but I needed help in, uh, in terms of another friend of mine who's going through a very particular difficult journey and I wanted to be the best kind of supportive person that I could to that person and like just the incredible openness there was to welcoming me back and talking about what was going on um, just incredible and you, you also mentioned there Katrina the different services and I actually never tapped into any of those Pilates or exercises and things but I know that there's you know you also have groups for families of people who are going through cancer journeys so you take care of their children you take care of their husbands or wives and that sort of thing it's just Phenomenal. And I think the new house there off Sarsfields Road must make the most incredible difference to what you're able to offer people. It does. It really does. I think our location is so much better. And I think you've summed up on our services there really beautifully. And I think the biggest thing is the welcome. So why we have this new house, we didn't lose that welcome that Mm. people receive at the door and that lovely homely feel. But we're so lucky now we have parking outside, which is something we wouldn't have had in our old premises. Um, It's very private as well. So for confidentiality for people in and out of the house and like that, we have a bigger building to be able to run groups such as the exercise programs as well so it's allowing us to provide a lot more services I would say for somebody like me who would have arrived at the door you know outside calm but inside a ball of tension just the release the care um, the tenderness that I was given was just phenomenal that's so lovely to hear mm. it really is Thank yeah you. and I think that the team here are just amazing they really are there's a story Katrina that I told uh, yesterday uh, it's a number of years ago now I was on Radiothon it might have been or could have been as, as far back as 2015 or 16 but we were down in the Mercy and I took a call one morning someone wanted to talk about Cork Ark and she said she had had her treatment was easy her cure was easy she'd been given the all clear and she was told, get on with your life and don't worry about this again. Come back, come back every so often and, and get checked up. You're going to be grand. No. And she went down to the farmer's market, man, 
mm-hmm. and she was walking around with a few bits of groceries and a few bits and pieces and a couple of loaves of bread and she said all of a sudden it hit me like a freight train yeah relief yeah. and she collapsed in a ball of tears in the middle of the farmer's market and someone came over to her and asked her what was wrong they gave her a cup of, t- cup of coffee and she said she told them and straight away they put the number into the house into her hand for ARC and she didn't know that you actually do relief she called it relief counselling mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's when a lot of people would come to the houses like that when the treatment finishes and all of a sudden they don't have the same supports in the hospital. And I think the person isn't the same person they were when they got the diagnosis. So much has changed for them. And that's a time that they can often need support mm-hmm. and yeah. a time that they very often come to the door then. That was um, exactly me. Yeah. I never yeah. went I never went during treatment. I went when I was finished because I needed help to cope with that. So that's absolutely think, yeah. People are so busy when they're on treatment as well, all the hospital appointments, whereas very often then, yes, yeah, at the end of treatment that they actually just get to catch their breath and look at what services are there. That's amazing. Katrina, listen, we hope that we can raise an absolute fortune for you once again this year. Uh, Katrina O'Malley, General Manager of Cork Arc Cancer Support House, one of our charity partners. Do you know, Elmarie, unless I make my opera debut, which is unlikely, um, or I'm in here on a Sunday, I, I, I haven't seen you for a long, long time. You, you look great. You're, you're, you're leaving us now to go off and do something else. But you want to talk for a minute about the importance of ovarian because you didn't notice anything. I had a clue. And, you know, ovarian cancer is quite often called the silent killer because people don't catch it until it's too late. It was stage three for me. And the reason for that was particularly as women were used to pain quite often. You know, you load of people have pain when they're ovulating. load of people have pain with their monthly cycles. <coughs> and I had a lot of pain down through the years and just accepted it as being normal. Also, some of the other symptoms of ovarian cancer people kind of immediately go off doing things like a gluten-free diet or trying to lose weight or things like that because you think, oh, I have a bit of IBS or maybe I'm intolerant or maybe I'm whatever. So a lot of the symptoms that sort of are indicators of ovarian cancer can be confused with an awful lot of other things like endometriosis, your monthly cycle and IBS and all that sort of thing. So if you have any of those symptoms, which are difficulty with your monthly cycle, difficulty with your... um, ovulation or anything like that. If you have bloating, if you are constantly feeling full or you have urinary symptoms or anything like that, one of the things that your doctor can check for is the CA125 blood test. Mm. And there's also a common misconception that your smears will detect ovarian cancer. They don't. Mm. So having your smear and getting it back and saying that's grand does not give you a tick box for ovarian cancer. It doesn't. You actually have to have very other specific tests done for it. So when you're having your regular bloods done as a woman, every single woman should be aware, not just of your thyroid or anything like that. Every single woman should start asking for their CA125 results to be charted. It's one extra tick on a blood test form. Mm. It's all the difference to notice your pattern so that you can see whether it's fluctuating or whether any little red flag would be popped up by that because that is the indicator for just one of the indicators for ovarian cancer. So I would definitely say we're not taught enough about that as women. We are clueless when it comes to it. And as uh, women, or particularly as mothers, mothers are busy, um, constantly thinking of everybody else, eating on the hoof, and you put down all sorts of pelvic or abdominal bloating and everything like that. To, oh, I'm not eating properly, or I'm snacking after the kids, or whatever like that. Go, get it checked. No woman should live with pain and think it's normal. I did. And 
I learned my lesson. All right. Anyway, it is great to see you, girl. It's great to see you. Look after Thanks yourself. Give, give our best to, Con- to Connor, won't you? Well, yeah. Cheers. And we're listening. We'll Sun- be back on Sunday morning. Uh, yes, Sunday we have morning. A packed show, guys. You always have a show. <laughs> <packed laughs> <show. laughs> you, you could you could go from eight to three some Sundays. Two hours is never enough. Never. Enough. You can't have too much of a good thing, lads. <laughs> Cheers, Anne Marie, and thanks ever so much. Courts ninety six FM.